this morning, we are jumping right back into where we left off last week, right? We are journeying through Ephesians chapter 4. And I hope you have a Bible, and if not, and you need one, you can just let us know at our merch table, and we'd be glad to bless you with one. And if we don't have one, we'll make sure we get one for you for next week. Uh, we, we love giving away uh, the Word of God when we can. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, if you have a Bible, turn with me. We're going to look at one specific verse today. It's a challenging verse, and at the same time, an awesome verse, uh, because I really believe that the Bible is true when it talks about the Bible. Uh, Paul writes, he says, that all Scripture... It is good for our teaching, for, for even our correction, uh, in order for us to grow up into the men and women of God God has called us to be. So the word of God, right, it, it's, it's chiseling us today. The word of God is sharpening us today. And I'm grateful to grow sharper alongside my amazing Walk Church family. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. If, I'm, if, I'm, if you're hungry, say, let's eat. Specifically, verse 31. Um, here we go. The scripture says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Father God, we ask you for one more uh, just dose of your presence as we open up your word now. God, we've sung your word. We've prayed your word. But Lord, right now we want to read and listen and download your word. So speak to us, God. Give us ears to hear, Holy Spirit, that we may take this message and do something with it. For your glory and for our joy, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. If, if I were to title this message uh, this morning with a title, I would title it simply with a question, all right? If you're ready for the question, say, I'm ready. Here's the question. Are you getting bitter or are you getting better? The difference is really one letter. Are you getting bitter or are you getting better? And I really believe we serve a God who's better, a God who wants us to get better, a God who wants us to take our next steps toward better. And for, other, for, for different people in the room today, better may look different. But as long as we're inching closer toward better, I think they're on the right track, and that's what Ephesians 4 is talking about here today. And that's a question that I want you to ponder on uh, this week. Are you getting bitter, or are you getting better? This verse, verse 31, is a challenging verse. It's an interesting verse. We've came through a lot in Ephesians 4, amen? Right, just in the second half of Ephesians 4, talking about on, off, right? Putting on the new self, taking off the old self. And the new self is really just Christ. It's the person and, and spirit and, and, and word of Christ in us, lived through us. That's the new self, and the old self is just us, old self. we got to go, right? The, the primary call toward the Bible is to deny ourselves because ourselves are the problem, right? We don't need just a better, more cleaned-up you. And we need you, your old self to die so you can become a new person, which is Christ in you and through you. That's Christianity. Right? And so that's what Paul's writing about here today. And he actually lists six things in this one verse, right? this jam-packed verse. Paul's saying, hey, there's six things that are attributed to your old self that you need to put away, that you need to take off. You need to take these things off. You need to put them off. He says, put them away is what the text says. Because these six things are no longer who you are if you call yourself 
a Christian, which is a good thing to do. Let's look at verse 31 together. The text says, let all, right? I, I never want to rush past the all. The, the word all, right? Do you guys know what the, all, the word all means in the Greek? Actually, it, does, it doesn't mean all. It's the word pause, right? It means all. You're right. Yeah, it means all. It means I was studying it. The word means the whole, every amount, anything associated with it, every last drop, all. Let all, and then you can start reading these verses. Because I think sometimes we're, we're like, okay, like I'm going to put away like 90% of that. I'm going to keep 10. I got to keep a little bit, right? I got I to, gotta, I'm going to put most of that away. I'm going to keep some of it, right? I, I kind of like doing this, you know, so no, the word says all. And I can't, I can't compromise the Bible for you. Like, you could get frustrated with this scripture, but just, just know, just get frustrated with God, though, all right? Like, he's big enough for, for, to deal with your frustrations and to still come out on the other side as a winner and say, hey, look, I still love you. I still got you. I still am going to be with you tomorrow. I'm working on your heart. We're going to do this. Remember, we talked about last week how the Holy Spirit has sealed us for the day of redemption. That means until Jesus comes back or till we go see him personally, the Holy Spirit's going to continue to do a work. So, yes, you're not, you haven't arrived yet, but you're not where you were yesterday, praise the Lord, right? So you're moving forward. You're getting better. And let's keep on getting better. It says, let all bitterness. Now, this, this word bitterness is an interesting word. I was spending some time on this word bitterness. It uh, there's a variety of definitions. A simple definition for the word bitterness is to have anger or disappointment or resentment. In a case where you may have been treated unfair or you may have been harmed or you may have uh, been hindered by another person or another circumstance, when you're bitter about that, it's, it's saying I have, I'm holding on to resentment, I'm holding on to a grudge, I'm holding on to anger, I'm holding on to thoughts in my heart and mind that I'm just not letting go of. And so you're remaining in a state of bitterness. The ESV study Bible says it like this. Uh, bitterness may headline the list because it so often leads to the other sins that Paul names. Bitterness comes from a heart that's not right before God. It is a primary characteristic of an unregenerate person. Unregenerate meaning unsaved. You haven't been changed. It causes destruction and defilement. Are you getting bitter or are you getting better? The more I began to study the topic of bitter and bitterness, the more I got scared of it. Bitterness is a, is, is a real thing. In fact, bitterness has been medically linked to glandular problems, high blood pressure, cardiac disorders, ulcers, and even insanity. Are symptoms of bitterness. You ever seen one of those commercials and like, also, just know that this, this thing can kill you, right? Like, get this drug and I have somebody skipping in the field and like, by the way, it can kill you. <laughs> like, whoa. You know, by the way, you might not be alive next week, but just get it anyway. You know, they, they have all the distractions. That's kind of like the world, right? It's like, like, oh, you want this. Trust me. Yeah. Straight to hell. Okay. Um, sorry. My bad. Hey. I'm feeling free today. I'm feeling free. Let's just go do it. It's like small print. You'll go to hell. No, I'm just playing. That's, <laughs> that's too much. That's too much. You don't, I don't know that. Are you getting bitter or are you getting better? Are you getting bitter? I, I need to get better. Um, one leading psychiatrist wrote, watch this. One leading psychiatrist wrote 
90% of all people in insane asylums could be released immediately if they would learn how to forgive or how to be forgiven. Wow, right? 90% of people in insane asylums would be released today if they could just learn how to forgive somebody or to allow themselves to be forgiven by somebody. That, that's the stronghold that bitterness holds, which is why God loves you enough to place you here today or if you're watching this online and tell you today, let all bitterness go. Because it's only going to hinder you from getting better. I really do think that we need to get better. We need to grow and be healed in areas. And some things we're bitter about could be from 20, 30 years ago. Right? It really could be that level of hurt. And it, I don't want to, to uh, devalue the experiences that you've had that are real. Like, let's not just skip over and say, I'll forgive it. Like, it's not always that easy. It's not. I, I just want to tell you, though, if you allow that hurt or, or that anger, because a couple of scriptures before, if you just reverse a couple of weeks, you'll find a, a scripture, right, that says, be angry. As, as though you can be, it's a good thing, but do not sin. Don't, don't let it last long. Let your anger be holy, is what the text says. Um, because here's why. If you allow your anger to continue to develop and grow, it'll turn into bitterness, and bitterness might make you go crazy. And you'll be like, I don't even know the person I am today. But you could probably layer that back as to what happened as you're bitter about something. And here's the good news about the gospel. You don't have to be. Because God sent his son Jesus to die for your sin and your bitterness and your shame and all your shortcomings and the person who wronged you too. So we're all fellow beggars this morning, just trying to tell each other, here's where the bread is. So the bread is found in Jesus. Where's the living water at? I need some. I know, me too. It's found in Jesus. So I don't, got, I don't, I don't have time to be bitter at you. I just, I need bread. I need Jesus. Amen? If we can deal with these areas in our lives, we'll, we'll grow as a church. I think a lot of people look at the New Testament church and see a bitter church instead of a better church. Amen. I want people to see the, the, the church, the big C church, and especially walk church as we speak in context as, man, that's a better church right there. Like not better than other people, but better than bitterness. Amen? That's what he's talking about right here. There's a danger. Uh, there's a danger in allowing bitterness to grow. I think bitterness is a sin. I think we can, we can categorize these areas as, as sin because what sin is by definition is just missing God's mark. God has a, a target, a, a bullseye for us to hit. Whenever we go outside of it, that's called sin. And sin hinders us, it hurts us, it, it overpromises, it underdelivers every time. And bitterness is, is that. It falls into that category. In the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 says it like this. Each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when is conceived, gives birth to sin, bitterness. So basically that desire comes up in you and says, yo, you should get mad right now. You should get mad at that person. And you're like, okay. I wonder, should I get mad? Should I not get bad? All right, this has now, this enticement has grown and has given birth to, I'm going to get bitter at that person. And, and sin, when it's fully grown, it brings forth death. So, so sin plants a root of sin, and it grows into unhealthy, 
fruit in our lives, and it'll ultimately kill us and separate us from people we love and hinder us and hurt us. And, and so we need to kill sin before it kills us. And we can because Jesus died for it, and the power of Christ lives in us. And so these verses right here, I think we should get to know. We should say, okay, when I get tempted, right, this is a verse on temptation, right, this desire in us. It could be a lustful temptation. It could be a bitterness temptation. It could be a prideful temptation. It could be a lying temptation, right? When that thing, it's going to plant a root in you, a seed in you, and you got to decide what you want to do with it. Uh, Bitter roots will produce bitter fruit. Does that make sense? Right? Sinful roots will produce sinful fruit. So we got to identify it. We're going to do some heart surgery at church today. Examine your heart today and say, okay, do I got any bitter roots in there? And maybe they haven't produced the bitter fruit yet. But here's the good news. You can catch it now. And get some of those like really sharp plant cutters and just cut that thing off. And replace it with good fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, patience, kindness, goodness. Here's a tough one. I know gentleness, self-control. Right? These are the fruit of the Spirit. Right? So we need to replace the roots with the fruit of the Spirit. Bitterness is one of them. We see James later in James chapter 3, 14 and 15 say, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, it's in the heart, y'all, right? Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. I would go on to say that bitterness in us is demonic. Be careful not to justify your bitterness. That's what demons do. Look at the person next to you and say, don't be a demon. 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 Bitterness is demonic, church. Bitterness is demonic. Jealousy from a selfish heart, selfish ambition. It's not wrong to have ambition. It's just when your ambition is selfish. We need to have more God-glorifying ambition, not selfish ambition, right? Because that's demonic. That's unspiritual. Harboring bitterness in our hearts is not spiritual. It's unspiritual. It's demonic. It's, it's earthly, it's not godly. It's not heavenly. That's not what comes down from above. This isn't the real truth. That's a false truth. So James was really dealing with people because James wrote this letter to a church, to believers. And James is trying to help them see, you're not more spiritual because you're bitter. That's what they were thinking. Man, I'm more spiritual than you because I'm, you know, I'm upset at these people. I'm bitter at these people. I, you know, I'm, I, I got selfish ambition. James is like, let me get that right, the brother of Jesus. Uh, disciples us this morning with these texts. How about the author of Hebrews? Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says it like this. See to it. See to it, church. <laughs> See to it. I like that. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you experience his grace. That no, in quote, root of bitterness springs up 
and causes trouble. Bitterness tries to cause trouble, y'all. I keep saying y'all. I'm not even from the South. <laughs> Bitterness causes trouble, you guys. <laughs> Friends. And by it, many have become defiled. And, and there's people here at church that have been defiled by a root of bitterness. And, and, and friend, let me just speak to you. You have to be able to say, okay, I was defiled by bitterness. And in turn, it made me bitter. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to meet with Jesus right now. I'm going to take my bitterness backpack off. And I'm going to hang it on the cross. And I'm going to walk away free. And what, and what anybody else does with their backpack, you can't control. But you have to experience freedom. And our hope is that you experience freedom, that you can take your backpack of bitterness off. And sometimes in order to do that, you have to just sometimes apologize and say, hey, I've had, I've had a lot of talks with people over my Christianity, let's just be real, where I've said this and somebody said this to me in different contexts, where I've said, hey, look, to be 100, I was bitter about something. And I let them know. And it's clarifying. And a lot of times people will go, man, I had no idea. I didn't even know I was doing that. Or sometimes people will say, I know, yeah, I was, I was in the wrong. And then there's a moment of freedom. It's not always easy to get there, but there's something powerful about taking that step that God blesses. God blesses unity. Right? And you can only do your part. And there's been people that have come to me and says, hey, hey Pastor Hyden, I want to tell you something. Yeah, what's up? I've been bitter about something. Oh, man, let me listen. Let me, let me, lo- let me lock in. I don't want to listen to respond. I want to listen to understand. Right? Help me understand what's, what's causing this bitterness and help us to, 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 to cut it off so that we can experience the grace of God and so that the roots uh, don't grow up and cause trouble and defile the church. Amen? We have to be able to talk about these things because we want to get better. I want to get better. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to be better in 2020 than I was in the, the 19s. Come Amen. Come on. Why? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I want to get better in 2020. I want to see clear. I want 2020 vision. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, y'all caught that. Um, Warren Wearsby in his commentary says it like this. He says, he says bitterness refers to a, a settled hostility that poisons the whole inner man. Wow, right? Bitterness, it, what's, well, what's bitterness talking about, Pastor? Well, here's what bitterness is. Bitterness refers to a settled hostility. You're, you once were hostile, but you didn't do anything about it, so it just settled, and it's poisoning you, man. It's poisoning you, sis. Like that bitterness in your heart is poisoning you. It's holding you back. It's poisoning you. If you're watching this online, it's poisoning you. One person once said that, that bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It's like, watch this. And you're looking at them like something's going to happen to them. They're looking at you like, what? And you still, you're, now you're just more sick and bitter. And, and what, what we need to do, right, is we need to just get the poison out. And a lot of times the poison comes out through confession. Confession to God. God, I'm bitter. <laughs> that's a powerful prayer. If you can just do that, that's a good start. Lord, first forgive me for that. And God says, you're forgiven. And then you start to ask God for the strength to maybe address an issue with a person. 
and to see real reconciliation and freedom take place. God says, oh, revival will happen. Revival will take place. You, you, again, I can't say it enough. You can't control what, how another person responds, but you can control how you respond. Right? So, so don't wait. Don't, don't go home today and be like, man, I'm glad that person heard this message. I'm going to wait for them to respond. <laughs> Still no response. And God's like, you heard the message. You respond. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. Bitter roots produce bitter fruits. Lord, help us to, to identify that, to know that, and to let, to let that go. Here's what happens. If you don't deal with your bitterness, if you don't deal with it right now, the, the, the temptation is for that bitterness to, to, uh, to settle, and not only will it become poisonous, it'll become wrathful. Your bitterness will get violent. Your bitterness will get extra angry. You know the definition for wrath is extra angry. It's like super sane anger. Super duper angry. That's the definition I found for wrath. Strong and vengeful anger. And, and God says, let me deal with the wrath. God has wrath stored up. And it was dealt with at the cross. Why is the cross such a messy scene? Because the cross of Jesus Christ right, took on all of God's wrath for our sin. The, the cross is dangerous. The cross is messy. And the cross is beautiful at the same time because we get to take part in the, the victory of the cross. That Jesus took all of our sin. He died for it. He, he took on God's wrath so that, so that, so that you don't have to be wrathful. You'll find a verse that says be angry but don't sin. You won't find be wrathful and don't sin. Because if you cross into the wrathful status, you're sinning, right? You, you moved from, that's why it says be angry and don't sin. You've, you've moved now into, into wrath. And, and wrath will, will hinder us. It will hurt us. And, and I think that there's this, this, I mean, it's connected here. Here's how you know God is saying don't let your anger last long. Because he didn't even let it last long in Ephesians. He's like, be angry and don't sin. Actually, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, right? He brings it back up, and he says, look, you can be angry, but don't allow it to control you. Don't allow it to hinder you. Don't allow it to make you more bitter or wrathful. The, the word anger, by definition, is it's a, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. That's a definition. Where you're angry when you're annoyed, you have hostility towards somebody or something, or you just, you, you just feel a displeasure, that causes anger, and sometimes that can be a good thing because we should be angry about things that God is angry about, uh, in, injustice, uh, sinful things happening to people, um, people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. That should cause us real anger. Sex trafficking should cause anger in us. Uh, being the fourth largest populated homeless city in America should make us angry, should, and it should make us to want to be the change. Shouldn't make us bitter, but we should do something with that anger, right? We should take that to the Lord and say, God, how can you use me to make a difference? That's a good prayer 
uh, to pray. Psalm 37 verse 8 says, says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Exclamation point. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Church, it it, it tends only to produce evil because evil roots produce evil fruits. Are you getting bitter or are you getting better? You're getting better. Uh, How about this word clamor? This word clamor in in, in Ephesians 4. uh, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and and clamor, it's not a word I use often. I had to do some study on this word. It's the Greek word karuge. It's a loud and confusing noise, especially that people uh, are doing when they're shouting vehemently. So it's a, it's a next-level shout. It's an anger that now produces vocal shouting, right, where we begin uh, clamoring. Let me give you a couple different ways that this text also reads in the NLT translation and the NIV translation. So they use a different word instead of clamor. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. Harsh words is another way to talk about clamor. Brawling, another way to talk about clamor. Right? These are things that we've got to put away, church. We have to learn how to put away clamor. Harsh words, brawling, clamor. And I think that this is a good word because this word is also referenced uh, in context of marriages. Yeah, I went there. Oh, man. Like, don't bring that, don't bring that up, right? I, I, I know this, the, these words, right? That we're not called to be harsh, like Colossians 3, verse 19, specifically toward husbands. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them, right, is a text in Colossians. It talks about do not be harsh. Do not clamor with them. And the same context would go to wives, to not be clamoring with your spouse, to not be quarrelsome, as it says in the Proverbs, with your spouse, or practice this before you're married if you're in a relationship. Don't be clamoring. You know why? Because you're called to put off the old self. And those things lead to bitterness, or bitterness leads to those things, and we want to get better. We want to have better marriages, amen? Better relationships, better engagements. So it's not just, hey, pastor said you shouldn't do that. No, it's, man, I, I want to get better. The motivation is to get better, Right? That's it. We want to have better communication. Therefore, stop clamoring. And here's a principle that I learned uh, in, in uh, I think it was in premarital counseling. That was really helpful for Nina and I. Uh, uh, a gentleman said to me, he said, hey, listen, when, when she says that you're, you're, you're loud or you're yelling or you're, you're clamoring, that means that that's the case. Because I was like, I, I'm not. That's not, that wasn't, that wasn't shouting, that wasn't yelling. Like, if she says it is, it is. <laughs> Deal? Yeah. That was something that helped me, right? So, and, 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 and wives, on the other end, right? If, if, if husband says, hey, look, you kind of went to the next level with your tone, you went there, you're like, no, no, I didn't, no, I didn't. If he says he, that's how he felt, you did, all right? Can we just... There's a lot of people very being careful to say amen right now. I know it. I see y'all. They're like, I'm not looking to the left or the right. I'm just saying yes. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. The, the goal is to get better. Fam, hear me. Hear me. Just keep getting better. 
and you're not going to arrive. Show heavy grace. Show a lot of grace. Right? See, see to it that we obtain the grace of God. Grace, by definition, is an undeserved gift from God. It's I don't deserve it, but I still get it. I receive it, and it's making me better. Grace makes us better. Grace makes us great, right, before the eyes of the Lord. That's what grace does. And so uh, same, same with parents and children, right? Don't, parents, don't allow yourself to get harsh or to go to the level of clamoring, right? Don't, don't allow your don't, children, brothers and sisters, don't start brawling, <laughs> amen, right? This is the new life. you like, hey, look, this sounds, this sounds different. It is. Christianity is countercultural to the culture we live in today in, a, in, in so many ways. But that's the difference between the old self and the new self. You've got to ask yourself, how new do I want to be? How, how much better do I want to get this year? I want to get better. So we put away wrath, anger, clamor, and bitterness. This next one is a deep one. How about this word slander? Slander is a difficult one. Uh, the word slander, it, it means to damage a person's reputation. That's the definition for slander, is to, to damage somebody else's reputation, uh, especially when they're not there, where we talk about somebody in a way that degrades them or devalues their character reputation um, in a way that you wouldn't say if they were right there. And that's tough. And this is an area that I really think that we as a church, Big C Church and as Walk Church, I just think that we can continue to grow in this area, that we can continue to get better in this area. So, for example, if you're at a charge group and you start to hear somebody slandering somebody else at church, what if you said, hey, let's not do that? How, how powerful would that be? How awkward would it feel to do that? Super awkward. But this is the new self. Do you want your group to get bitter or better? Well, if, you're, if, if you're outside talking with somebody after church, come on. I hadn't even made it to the parking lot yet. And somebody starts slandering somebody else. What if we said, hey, look, I'm not doing that. And in fact, you should probably go up to that person and tell them what you said. If you want to be real, if you want to not be a fake person, why don't you go tell them and deal with your bitterness? Because slander is a fruit of bitterness. You're bitter at somebody for some reason that they probably don't even know. And so in, in, because of that, you slander them. And that's something that the new self is called to put away. Because that's not what Christ does. Amen. All right, you got it? If you got it, say, I got it. Got to let all bitterness go away, wrath go away, anger go away, clamor go away, slander go away. Put it away from you. And, and this right here, I just, I highlight that, put it away from you because, again, right, there's this, this temptation. I, I do it all the time. George, I do it all the time, bro. I, I'm there, I'm hearing the message, I'm thinking about other people. It doesn't say put it away from them. Right? from you like this is a message for you come on tell the person next to you and say this one's for you now tell them back no it's for you it's for us this is us 
Season four, walk church. Dealing with bitterness. We're dealing with bitterness. We're dealing with it. We're getting it out. Get it out, Lord. Get it out. Get the slander out. Put it away. Put it away from you. So what, think of some imagery. Do you get any type of imagery when you think about putting something away? Like just, you know, like open up a drawer that says for God only and put it away. Put that away. Put that away. Close it up. Lock it up. Don't open it up again. Throw away the key. Give it to him. Put it away. Put it away. Don't put it in a filing cabinet and be like, okay, when you do that again, I'll pull out your file. All right, I'm back being bitter again. (laughs) No, nope, don't do that. Easy? No way. Is the cross easy? No. Jesus is dying for these things. Blood shed tears for these things. This is real Christianity, biblical Christianity, where we stop slandering, where we put away bitterness, where we actually do this thing the real way, and we see the city come to know Jesus because they see a real church. They see a real church. I can't tell you how real this is. I, I, I was in a, a, Pastor Ryan and I, we were, we were somewhere this, this past week. Uh, we were picking something up at a store and, and we got into a divine appointment. This lady who worked at the store was very kind and generous to us. And she goes, hey, like, tell us, you know, we got to connect. We got to share about the Lord with her. And she goes, man, I love Jesus. We said, hey, what, what church do you go to? She said, I don't go to church. I had a bad experience at a church. I haven't been able to just get there again. It's been a long time. It's a real issue, right? I mean, this thing is a church issue. Will the world live in bitterness and wrathfulness and anger? Yes. They're going to do that. It's not our job to pull the, the Bible out on them necessarily. Let God do that, right? But when it comes to us, this is family business. We talk about it in the church. Because this is the new self. And I promise you, I got no time to get better. I only want to get better. I want to go to the next level. Come on. In this blink of an eye time that we have on earth, we need to go to the next level. He says, put it away from you. And I love this right here because the Apostle Paul, the more times you read his letters, like Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians, Thessalonians, Romans, you'll start to realize that dude, Apostle Paul, right, he was sporadic. He's like, sometimes he's, you know, sometimes he's kind of sarcastic. Sometimes he's like, he'll like remember something. So like he made this whole list and he was like, ah, I forgot about, forgot about malice. So he's like, also, along with all malice too, right? Like that should have been probably in the list up here, but he's like, put it away from you. Malice. Along with all malice too, right? Like that's what, that, and here's why it's important to talk about malice, because you know what malice is by definition? I didn't really have a, I, I always associate a slander and malice kind of as the same thing. They're not. Malice is all of those things inwardly. These are outward things primarily. Malice by definition is the intention or desire to do evil. It's when you have ill will. It's when it's, it's, when it's hey, I didn't say it to him. I thought about it though. I, I, I didn't. I didn't approach that with this girl, but I thought about it, though, right? And Jesus goes, I see it. I got the x-ray vision into your heart. You would have did it if you wouldn't have gotten in trouble, right? And so God's saying here to us today, he's saying, hey, look, I see your bitterness. Like, 
Even though you didn't act upon it in a certain way, I still see it. I see your lustfulness. Even though you're not actively doing it out loud, I still see it. I want to deal with that. Uh, I, I, I see your slander because even though you didn't say it, you thought it. And God said, I'm trying to deal with all of that because here's what Jesus is doing. He sent us the Holy Spirit to make us more like him. So until we think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, live like Jesus, do stuff like Jesus, right? We're not, we haven't arrived and he's going to keep working on us. And how cool is that? He's patient. He's kind. He's not slow. He's right on time. That's, that's our God. He says, put away all malice. That's why we talk about memorizing the Bible, because when you have the word of God memorized, then you can, you can start to, you can start to, um, uh, you can start to defend against the, the malice in our hearts with the word of God. A sharp sword can slice up those thoughts. We need, we need the word of God. John MacArthur says it like this. He says, these are the sins that break fellowship and destroy relationships that weaken the church and mar its testimony before the world. Right? He hear me, church. Right? Don't put your headphones on right now. Don't tap out. This sermon's about to close, but don't tap out yet. These things, these six, these are the things that break fellowship. Sadly. These are the things that destroy relationships. Th these are the things that weaken a strong church. A church that's built on the rock, but we got to make sure that we don't build on these other things. They, these things mar the testimony of the church before the world, so let's not let it happen here. Amen? Let's love each other well, even with the truth. Let's forgive each other strong. Amen? Like if somebody comes to you this week and says, hey, I've been dealing with a bitter heart towards you, and praise the Lord, forgive them strong. Like a strong Christ-like embrace and say, I forgive you. If you're able to get there, you'll only be able to get there if Christ is in you, working through you. I get that. But even husbands and wives and spouses, if there's some bitterness in your relationship, allow for that conversation to be had and, and demonstrate his forgiveness. I think it will go far in your life and relationship. J. Vernon McGee says, he says, all these sins are to be put away or literally taken away. In the Greek, it's an eros imperative requiring a one-time decisive act if the Holy Spirit is not to be grieved. We must make a decision to put these sins away. That's how I'm taking them away. I'm taking these sins away. And I'm, it's one-time act. I'm giving them all to God. Closing quote one more time. I'll just quote from MacArthur one, once more, and then we'll close uh, with a time of prayer. He says it like this. The, these, verses, um, these verses summarize the changes in the life of a believer mentioned in verses 17 through 30. So we just came out of verse 17 through 30 on off. You can find any of those messages on the Walk Church app or on our Walk Church website, walkchurch.com sermon archive all 17 through 30 we've taught on all of them right bitterness reflects a smoldering resentment wrath has to do with rage the passion of a moment anger is a more internal deep hostility clamor is the outcry of strife out of control we'll go to the next slide if we got it if we got it next slide i got it here slander is evil speaking Malice is the general Greek term for evil, the root of all vices. 
in the heart. So let's go ahead and just do some heart surgery today, church. Identify these areas in your life. Sometimes you can ask somebody else too. Ask somebody that's close to you, that's not impressed with you, but loves you. Not a yes man, right? But somebody who loves you enough to just be real with you and just say, hey, can I ask you something? Do you think I got bitterness? Just listen. Do you ever hear me slander? Just listen. Do you ever notice clamoring in my life? Just listen. How, how, how much do you want to get better? I want to get better. Amen? Let's pray.